Trinity Center for Spiritual Living appreciates your selecting our podcast service as a part of your spiritual journey. The TCSL podcast has over 1,000 downloads a month worldwide by individuals just like you seeking to expand their spiritual magnificence. To express your gratitude and donate for the good you hear and the growth you experience from our lesson, visit our website at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate. As you donate, affirm, my offering affirms my commitment and my willingness to be an inlet and an outlet for the abundant... Or winter. <laughs> Look like we just went from summer right into pre-winter winter, right? The way I feel about it, I, I thought... I was going to have a little bit of a spring, but spring went right on into summer. Well, winter into summer. And now, summer into winter. <laughs> Two seasons. I mean, something is changing, people. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Some might be in denial, but something is changing. <laughs> so, I want to give thanks for being here. Give thanks for Anne and her persistence and introducing me and... Uh, she came to a course that I taught at the Spiritual Living Center in Atlanta, and as she said, she, she said, well, you come and teach so-and-so, so-and-so, I'll get back with you. And it's not because I don't want to, it's just that I do so much online and uh, have to fit things in, and, uh, but we found the time, Reverend Tony, he and I have talked, and I'm glad to meet him, glad to be here. Just, um, I think most, some other people who know me probably first met me at the Revelation Conference was in 2009, I spoke here for Dr. Michael Beckwith. And that's how I really formally got introduced to new thought in a formal way, even though I had, in different ways of my own, been pursuing it uh, during my course of college, seminary, and graduate school. That was the first time I actually met new thought folks. And it was so funny at that event. They said, where? like she said, where have you been? Nobody knows you. And we've been, I said, well, I've been around. <laughs> I've been on a journey. And... Uh, I was telling um, also Reverend Tony that most of my classes are online, uh, and everybody's invited to participate in the Monday night class, Bible and Meditation. We've done a series on um, Science of Mind text, but we've done a series on, we just finished three years of looking at the uh, 12 powers, and we're kind of in a transition phase right now, but that's invited. You're all invited to participate in it. We meet online from 8 to 9.30, that's if you're interested, that's wcolemanphd33 at gmail.com. wcolemanphd33, gmail. Um, 1 John, chapter 4, verses, you can write this down because I'm using it as a frame of reference, verses 14 and 16. First verse 14, portion of it. I'm sorry, 16 and 18, that's what I want. Verse 16 and 18. Just one phrase from that verse. In the Greek it reads, Hatheos agape estin. Hatheos agape estin. The living one, love, be, literal. The living one, love, be, or the living one, be, love. Atheas, agape, esten. Or, deus caritas est. 
Latin, Deus Caritas Est. And we translate that as God is love. Then in verse 18, which is the, the particular focus, it says, Fabas uk esten ente agape, alhe telea agape, excol bale ton fabon. Hati ha fabos, kalasen eke, hade fabominos u, teteleo otai in te agape. Fear is not love, but perfected or perfecting love throws out, cast away fear. Because fear has pain, it has terror. The word phobos there in the Greek, that's, it means terror. Fear has terror, it torments. And the one that fears is not, and I'll add this, is not yet perfected in love or complete in love. So the particular focus is perfect love cast out fear. And I think we are all clear that just this week as a parable, we live in a time of fear. Is that not the case? With threats and verified death and dying. This has been a week of heightened fear. So how do we approach these words without some cynicism? It's easy to say, God is love. And to say, perfect love cast out fear. Be abstract about that or be cavalier about it. Well, as I think about it, I would like to invite you to hear these words differently. Now, the English translation, unfortunately, does not carry the full meaning and power of what's being said. It is not saying God is love. It also is not saying that perfect love cast out fear in a kind of cool, calm, and collected manner. You see, the word for God actually is a verb. It's not a noun, not a person. It's a verb. In Exodus 3 and 14, where the name is revealed to Moshe, Moshe asks the divine being that is appearing in this burning bush in his mind, when I go back to tell the people that they are to be free from Pharaoh, their oppressor, whom shall I say has sent me to them? And what Moshe hears is a year, a share, a year. Like a mantra. A year. Everybody say that. A year, a share, a year. I have been what I have been. I am that I am. And I will be what I will be has sent you to Pharaoh and to them. Now see the connotation behind that is that 
the living one, and that's the word I like to use. I don't use the word God anymore. The living one is a participle. The living one is a continuous action of thought, action, and results. I was just looking at that. Cause, agency, and effect. So Moses is told, this is the elaborate in the next verse. The strong one of Abraham, the strong one of Isaac, the strong one of Jacob, that you know me in the past, is the one who is now sending you to the people to tell them that deliverance is here. But more importantly, deliverance is a process. Did you hear what I just said? It's here now. And also it is what? A daily process. So keep that in mind. So the word that I prefer to use instead of G-O-D is living one or livingness. In another place, there's a commandment that says you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your, your soul, and all of your mind, or all of your might, all your mind, all your might. That's correct. All of that. Now let's substitute. You shall love life, the living one, with all of your heart. That means your inner consciousness. With all of your nephesh is the word in Hebrew. That means animating life force. And with all of your knowingness, all of your might of your knowingness. And then Yeshua said what? When he was asked the question, what, are the, what is the greatest commandment? He said, well, the first commandment is that one. Love life. Y'all hear what I just said? Love life. And then love your neighbor as you love yourself. It doesn't say love your neighbor better than you love yourself. It says love your neighbor as you love yourself. And Jesus says these two are the same thing. If you love life and livingness with all of your heart, all of your life force, and all of your knowingness, you'll also know how to love whom? Your neighbor. And who is your neighbor? A smart smart aleck asked him, well, who is my neighbor? And he gave the parable of the Good Samaritan. He says, your neighbor is the person that you don't notice. Your neighbor is the person that you miss, seeing, hearing. Your neighbor is everyone. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. All right, so now, how does that fit in with this idea of fear, torments, and perfect love cast out fear? It means that perfect love is a process, a process of knowing the divine that is in us, that is in everything and in everyone, not despite, but in the midst of what's going on. That's hard. It's it's really hard. Because love also has to be courageous. You hear what I just said? It has to be courageous. 
the power of life and the power of living and the determination to live and to participate actively in the life of others is courageousness. It's the thing itself incarnated and expressed in us individually and corporately. God is love. No. The living one is love. Not just that. Living life to its fullest is love. And that's a process. But it's not an individual process. You can't do it by yourself. In every instance of these examples I've given, love is a communitarian process. That commandment, love the living one with all of your heart, all your life force, and all of your knowingness was spoken to a community. It's individualized, but it's spoken to what? A community. Love your neighbor as you love yourself is not existential. It's not individualistic. Here again is what? Communal. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then this final piece. Well, if God is love, God must also be expressed through what? The community. Through the loving power of the community. Which now brings us to perfect love casts out fear. Through what? Through the power of the community. Not individually. But through the power of the community to persist, to resist fear, and to overcome it individually, pro me, for me. But corporately, no school for us. To overcome it for us is to overcome it for me. And to overcome it for me is to be determined to live for us. You hear what I just said? Determined to go against the grain. Determined to go against appearances. Determined to go against so-called obstacles. With the confidence that the power of love is. Not analogous to. But the power of love is the divinity. In other places in this pericope, we call it, this passage in 1 John, he says, How can you love the living one whom you have not seen if you don't love your brother or sister whom you see every day? Saying that the living one that you haven't seen is inside of the one that you see. Now that's extraordinary. 
Look in the mirror. You can see the divine, right? You turn away from the mirror and you wonder about it. (laughs) (laughs) But John is saying, that doesn't matter. You still got to see. You got to persist. You got to go beyond, I'll get back with you. And see the divine. And call it out. And you call it out, not by what you say, but by what you do. You hear what I said? By what you do. He says here in this passage, perfected love or perfecting love, since it's a process, right? doesn't happen all at once. It's not an event. It's not an episode. It's a process. He says perfect love. The Greek word is balo, from which we get the word throws it out. Perfect love in the old mythology of the church is an exorcism. You hear that? Perfecting love is an exorcism. It throws it out. It transmutes it as it does what? As it replaces it. Because they can't be in the same place at the same time. Is that right? And here again, that's not an individual process. I need help. Do you ever need help? I need help sometimes. <laughs> if I get stirred up, we used to say in the, in the, in the African-American church, you get stirred up until a certain point, you say, y'all need to pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> And at that point, we're not just saying, pray for me for bountiful blessings. Pray for me what? So I can get back to my center. Because I can't do it by myself. I can't make it by myself on my own. I need the community to pray for me as the community prays with me, as the community walks with me. Which is the other part. It's a daily walk. Perfecting love is a daily walk. From last week, where all of its horrors and all of its potential horrors, to today, seen and unseen, and into the future. Communities of faith have to be resolute. You hear what I'm saying? Communities of faith have to be resolute. Because in another sense, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers that are misguided. That's all. Misguided. Inside of individuals hmm? and inside of groups. And we must be courageous and persistent, and we must know that faith not only and I'm not contradicting, but I want to add something to it. Not only does faith help us climb over the mountain, but faith, the size of a grain of mustard seed, will help us to move the mountains. You hear me? But it's not one mustard seed in the parable. Here again, it's the power of the collective mustard seeds that move the mountains, that transform 
that persist. And every major, every significant movement in history has come about by people of faith who dare on a daily basis in the small things to persist and to demonstrate that the living one is very much alive in everything and in every moment of our lives, not in the big ways, but in the small, in a personal way. And the connectivity between the small and the personal ways is what gets amplified to the nth power. This is what we must get. It's not the big things that we see as effects. <laughs> it's the small things that we don't see that are the causes. Did everybody hear what I just said? It's the small things that we do right now inside of ourselves to amplify this divine power that we have and that we are that casts out the fear and not only cast it out but that is so determined it transmutes the fear first here here and then out there. The living one is love in process. And perfect love, perfecting love, persisting love, determined love, unrelenting love, absolutely, positively will cast out fear. And so it is. Thank you. All right. Um, I have a few comments. Am I on? Somebody want to turn me on? <laughs> I have a few comments um, after, after our special music today. We're going to do our offering. So if you would, please, thank you very much. Um, say the tithing affirmation with me. Mm -hmm. I have to be able to move. You know that. Um, infinite mind. Can I? Infinite mind. In, as, and through me. In, as, and through me. Blesses and multiplies my tithe. Blesses and multiplies my tithe. It does its good and perfect work. It does its good and perfect work. And returns to me. And returns to me. Multiplied abundantly. Selecting the Trinity Center for Spiritual Living podcast for your spiritual journey and for the expression of your generosity at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate.